It is good to be with you all. Our invocation this morning comes from Atina O'Danner. She is an unapologetically Black, time-traveling poet-activist who dwells in the past to survive the future. She writes towards beloved community, Black liberation, and collective imagination. Her words. Honor our ancestors, stories tucked into our hearts. Bless the stories reaching back to when the word began. Blessings to my siblings as we break the word apart, touch the soul inside of it and build the word again. would like to open the wonder box. I saw your hand go up first. I appreciate that everybody here is as enthusiastic as I am. Come on up. All right. Yeah, very good. Okay. What do you think that is? You want soil? That's right. Here we can, I'll hold it. Okay. And you can sit down if you want. And we're going to talk about this a little bit. All right. So this soil is from outside. It's from the ground here at the church. What do you guys think about soil? When you think of soil, what comes to mind? Like what lives in soil? Worms. That's right. I know some of you grow worms. <laughs> I'm looking at Nancy Olson. <laughs> yeah. Plants grow in soil. That's right. Moles. Oh man, they love to dig in soil, sometimes tearing up our yards, right? What did you say? Bunnies. Yes. They love to, to be out there in the soil. What else? Did you know there's lots of little stuff that we can't see in the soil too? Yeah. There are lots of little microbes. Did you know, I think it, they said a teaspoon of soil has like 10 billion bacteria in it. 10 billion creatures in one little teaspoon of soil. So there's probably like billions upon billions of bacteria in this. I wanted to um, talk with you about these images of soil up here because I think soil is so cool. There's so much we can tell from soil about the history of a place. So if you look at that bottom right-hand picture, you see lots of cracks, right, in the soil. What does that make you think? What probably caused those cracks? Yeah, Aurora? Drying, that's right, yes? Could be an earthquake. Earthquakes definitely cause cracks in soil. Yep, I think in this particular soil, it is that they had a time of drought, that it was very, very dry there. And so the soil, there's a particulate in the soil that um, cracks when it swells up with moisture and then it dries. So that's what's going on there. And then that picture on top, what do you notice about that one? You see that picture on top with all the different colors? What do you notice about it? Anyone in the adult audience? <laughs> what do you notice? It's red, yeah. In layers, exactly. So that red, comes from iron. Do 
Do you know what makes our blood red? Iron. That's right. So the same thing that's in our blood is in that soil, causing it to be red. What do you think might be the white layers? Any guess? Yeah. It is soil. That's right. Yep. Nora, did you have a guess? No. That's actually from Alaska. And the white layers are from a volcanic ash when a volcano erupted. And then the yellow is sulfur. Um, so what's really, really cool about, about soil, if you take a glimpse of the soil, if you take like a core sample, then you can tell so much about an area and how it evolved over time. And that a volcano erupted at one point. And at one point there was a lot of sulfur in the air and you can be an investigator and say, what happened here? Why does this soil look like this? Our reading this morning is from Mark Nepo, and he begins with a quote from Abraham Heschel, a rabbi. Abraham Heschel writes, the goal, the higher goal of spiritual living is not to amass a wealth of information, but to face sacred moments. Maybe it's part of being American, this want to build on things instead of facing them. After all, our ancestors believed in their manifest destiny to keep moving on until they ran out of land. But now that there's nowhere left to go, a different sense of exploration that has waited centuries is calling. Instead of building a road to somewhere other than where we are, the life of the spirit requires us to open doors that wait before us and within us. This is what Abraham Heschel calls facing sacred moments, the opening of doors into the life we already have. The effort to build our way elsewhere can be admirable and even heroic, but it often distracts us from inhabiting the life we are given. Certainly, there is nothing wrong with bettering our outer circumstances, but these constructions mean nothing if we never face the very pulse that waits like a kind mother at the edge of our exhaustion. When I learned about the topic for Reverend Sarah Getty's sermon, Soil, Soul, and Story, my first thought was, I don't know a whole lot about soil. In my youth, I cannot remember hearing the word soil from either of my parents. My mom would use the more generic word, dirt, when she admonished me about bringing some of the outside inside. My dad took care of basic yard chores and he, he took it seriously, but he was never much for working the soil and doing any flower or vegetable gardening. My earliest memory <clears throat> of an intentional engagement with soil came when I was about seven years old. We lived in a small house at the corner of 22nd and Gilmore, still there. One day I got the idea of burying something on the back side of the house near the foundation. I can't remember everything 
that I buried, but I do remember that the cache included a couple of small toys. I never mentioned this to anyone. In fact, you may be the first people to hear about this, actually. Uh, I had the idea that someday these things would be found and thought about the questions that might follow. I wonder how old these things are, or I wonder who buried them and why. And as far as I know, they're still there. They're, they're still there. My deepest dive into soil came during a course at Ball State. I had received my Master of Arts in Teaching in Ohio and believed that my teaching future was likely to be in Indiana. It wasn't. Uh, so I, I needed to take a couple of classes in order to get my Indiana certification. So I took a class on soils and learn things that I had never imagined were possible. Did you know that there are 70,000 different kinds of soil just here in the United States? Did you know that one, this is a similar comment to what Sarah Getty had during the, the Wonder Box. Did you know that one tablespoon of soil contains billions of organisms? Well, Neither did I. This class gave me an understanding of the complexities of soil and its role as a link in providing us with the nutrients required for our very existence. And so I came to look at soil as a very important physical presence in our lives. We plant a seed. The soil holds in place the water that most seeds require for germination. The seed germinates and sends out hair-like structures into the soil that begin to feed the plant the nutrients it needs to grow. More roots into the soil support more growth. And so it goes until we have a magnificent oak or a delicate fern or a sweet summer tomato and much, much more. But my time here at UUCCI has expanded my thinking about soil. I've come to believe that soil offers other benefits beyond serving as a medium for nourishing our physical well-being. It has the power to reach into our collective souls. It is a repository of history. And that may have been what was going on when I buried those things in my backyard as a seven-year-old. And it can stimulate reflection about where we are and where we have been. I think that Reverend Sarah Getty may offer some thoughts this morning that will result in our looking at soil a bit differently than we might when we arrived. And I, for one, am looking forward to it. I want to thank you for your reflection this morning, Steve. That was really beautiful and illuminates some of what I'm saying. So thank you. It fits nicely. As a child, my mother often told me I needed to go entertain myself. <laughs> I would beg her and beg her to play with me. And she'd be like, no, you need to go figure this out on your own. So she'd hand me my bucket and a hand trowel. 
and send me to the edge of the yard to dig up some soil. That was one of my favorite pastimes. Now, dig I would, and then I would take that red clay because it's Southern Indiana. I'd take that red clay to the makeshift kitchen of my picnic table and I'd mix it with water from the spigot and I'd make up a batch of mud pies. I'd form the pies and the cakes and the cookies of my imagination, patting that mud in my palms. And as a child, I had no idea the worlds I had at my fingertips. I grew up in northeastern Greene County, about 50 miles due west of here. And the soils of our land were pretty inhospitable to vegetable plants without a lot of soil amendment, a lot of mixing in rich, fertile soil. But those soils somehow were still teeming with life. They wouldn't grow gardens, but they would grow lots of other things. Sycamore, oak, maple, and a handful of other trees created a dense canopy overhead. Wildflowers of all kinds sprung from the earth to bless its creatures with color and beauty every March. And tasty morels and other fungi formed pathways of mycelium networks beneath the earth's surface, transporting nutrients between the vegetation that resided underground. That soil, we're coming upon that time of year again, that soil smelled like wet composting leaves and life. That point where sky meets land is where the soil forms. It lies at the interface between earth air, water, and life. I hadn't thought about soil in that way before. And I was like, wow, it's true. It is at that point of intersection. Worlds collide in soil. And so much of a soil's potential for life depends on what it's composed of. We often hear in religious language, as above, so below. But with soil, it's actually the opposite. As below so above. The more nutritious and microbial and invertebrate filled the soil, the more lush the vegetation above is. I'm going to give you a little bit of a science lesson. Just bear with me, please. Soil is composed of five ingredients, minerals, organic matter, living organisms, gases, and water. And it's classified into three different types based on that particle size, clay, silt, and sand. So the, the components of any given soil indicate the particularities of that place. It's very specific to that location. And the creatures who have lived and died there the people who have built their homes upon it and buried things in the ground, the weather, weather patterns and natural events that have occurred. And you may know this, but scientists often study a location soils not only to assess, assess for health for production of vegetables and fruits, but also to understand a location's history. So for instance, geologists 
I lived with some geologists in college, they would go out and take soil cores, right? To understand what has happened in a history of a place. And they would find layers like we saw this morning. Or archaeologists studying the artifacts recovered from beneath the earth's surface. Who knows, in a couple hundred years, they may find your car and think, who was this creature who put these here? So I'm curious, as someone who's not from Columbus, Indiana, I'm from close by, but I'm not from Columbus, or from this congregation, Unitarian Universalist Church of, or Congregation of Columbus, Indiana, I wonder what stories the soil, both metaphorical and literal, this land and this region contains. When contractors were digging the foundation of this building, or perhaps that of the Sri Ganesh Mandir just next door more recently, I wonder, did they find the arrowheads of the Miami, the Kickapoo, the Shawnee, or the Hopewell, all the tribes that resided here and built their homes in the Columbus area? Or did they dig up fossils of plants that grew thousands of years ago in a very different era of life upon this earth, maybe when this part of the earth was covered in ocean even? These soils might contain the salt of many people's tears, the iron from the blood of many thousands upon thousands of persons, people's veins, generation after generation. I wonder what are the minerals in the, in the soil and the origins of those minerals. And what do they tell us about how the plates beneath us moved as our land was forming? We know the glaciers came down and they stopped just north of here, which is why we have rolling hills in southern Indiana, at least the part of Indiana I live in. And I wonder, too, if you think about present day, about times when maybe you have found yourself in a tender place. Perhaps you have cried tears here at a wedding or a funeral or even on a day when you were just having a, a tender moment. Or maybe your child grazed their knee outside while climbing on the logs. And now your family's DNA is mixed up with this place. You don't just attend here, but you are part and parcel with this location and this land. What stories of this communities are bound up here in this place? And if you're new here, what stories do you hope to be bound up in this land? What joy and what heartache? Stories from people and creatures that live in your woods, landmass movements, what stories form the soil that serves as the foundation of this community, both past and present? Like much of the organic world, soils can be generative and life-giving, or they can be stripped of nutrients, rendering them devoid of life. There are natural traumas, traumas such as deluges of rain that erode the soils, moving them from one location 
to the next or overuse and windstorms can leach soils of moisture, kill roots and churn up dust bowls that can decimate an entire region, leaving homes inaccessible and causing loss of life. And even the heavy clay soils that were left behind by the glaciers here proved challenging as a growing medium. We really couldn't grow vegetables on the land that I lived on as a child because they don't, those clays don't allow moisture drainage. And it's really hard for the roots to push their tendrils down into the soil, right? And to find the nutrients they need. But I was, as I was preparing for the sermon, I was like, you know what though, those clays, even if they're not good for vegetation are really miraculous in other ways. As you know, clay is a powerful art medium. We can take that clay and transform something that might otherwise be unusable into beautiful sculpture or utilitarian ceramics for the kitchen or even skincare products. But the richest soils are full of organic matter, decomposed life from the creatures that have roamed the land decayed matter from the vegetation that was there before. The stories and remnants of a location's past become churned into the soil. The nutrients flow down and they become part of the land, fully reintegrated in order to create new life. The past integrates to become the future to produce food and flowers and so much of what makes our world beautiful. And so what are the stories of this church? This is a question you'll be exploring for months to come in all of your workshops. What are the stories of this community? I don't mean the church building, although that's part of it too, but I mean of your relationships with one another. What are the stories you hold? How fertile is your communal ground for the future? And what do you want to grow here? Communities most successfully move forward in their mission and vision when they can be honest about their past, exploring all the goodness that is in the, that past, and also being honest about any pain points that may have been there that live in your history. It's only then that you can integrate all of who you are and all of who you've been into your identity, fully own it all, and become on fertile ground for a rich future. It's only when you take, mix up fertile soil with the nutrient-lacking clay that vegetables can begin to grow. And sometimes it's necessary to just dig up that clay, whatever has been hurt, it's necessary to just dig it up and mold it with the power of your hands and examine it so that you can shape it into a beautiful work of art. I wonder if there are any of those stories too. So as you know, and we've talked about this morning, Nick is on sabbatical examining his past and that of his ancestors, exploring place and people. And this is such a rich time for you all to do the same here at this in your community. And I'll be back in March, at the end of March, with Reverend Derek, and we 
We'll have a lot of fun. We have lots of fun. Derek is a big theater guy and um, we have some art and some joy and some opportunities to really begin to tell those stories together as community, to really begin to weave it into a narrative of who you have been, who you are, and who you want to be, who you can be. Because I know from talking with Nick that this church lives a rich life in Columbus and in Southern Indiana. You have a lot of impact. And so let's be intentional. Let's explore what those stories can continue to become. I hope to see you there. <laughs>